Hey there, Vernacular Faithful. Redcoat here. And Sienter joins him. And today, Sienter is going to interview me, Redcoat, about run and gun games and just like what I what I like about them because they're they're games I really like and I enjoy. This is a bit more off the cuff because this is unscripted, so it's going to be a little different. Yep. So let's start with kind of the obvious first question: What is a run and gun game? So I had a whole uh, idea of uh, describing this. So a run-and-gun game is a classic example of a reflexive-type game. And before we go too far into that, so I define games in two spaces, uh, contemplative or reflexive, where one game wants you to think about it cerebrally and the other one wants you to approach it viscerally. This is something we'll get into in a later podcast. But the basic idea is one of them is very much about solving puzzles and solving problems by thinking it through. The other one is about solving problems and issues by just kind of feeling your way through it, doing things, and you solve the problem. Okay, so back to a running gun game. You, you said it's a, a reflexive, sort of visceral experience. Can you describe what that experience is like? Yeah, so basically it's, it's in the name of the genre, right? You run forward and you shoot things. So, you know, it's basically a platformer with a gun attached to it. Okay. And um, one of the other things that defines this, because, like, I don't count Mega Man as a run-and-gun game, although you do go forward and you shoot, but it's kind of about the pacing of the presentation. Okay, so you'd say Metroid also isn't a run-and-gun game. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't call Metroid a run-and-gun game. Like, when I think of run-and-gun games, I think of Contra or Metal Slug. Ikari Warriors, to an extent. Basically, one of the big things that separates Mega Man and Metroid from, say, Contra is there is a cerebral aspect to Metroid, particularly with how you solve the puzzles and how you deal with things. Navigation, that sort of thing. Yeah. That complements your reflexive actions, but you tend to think more to deal with stuff. And with Mega Man, it's a matter of the pacing of the game and where its focus is, because in Mega Man, your levels are more obstacle courses than in the most run-and-gun games, where you've got a lot more jumping and precision there. I see. So, to make sure I'm clarifying, with Mega Man in particular, you're saying that Mega Man focuses much more heavily on the platformer aspect than a run-and-gun game does. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. With that, would you say then that a run-and-gun game, rather than focusing on platforming as obstacles, focuses more on the enemies as obstacles? Yeah, that's definitely, that would definitely be the thing. The The stuff that really changes up your play is the enemies that come at you, because they define what it is you need to dodge, and they also define what you need to do to defeat them. Okay, so speaking of defeating enemies, what sort of weapons do you usually encounter in a run-and-gun game? Yeah, so this is the second part of the title. Guns. Guns are the primary thing you have in run-and-gun games. Although, that said, if you have a run-and-gun game that doesn't have a gun in it, but, you know, like, your character's just got, like, a fist that just shoots energy from it, like, sure. it's still, it still counts. It's all about that pacing and everything, but the main thing is that you have a projectile. You're not actually meleeing things, or if you are, it is not your primary means of doing stuff. Kind of more of a last resort. Yeah. Metal Slug's actually a pretty good example of that. Uh, in Metal Slug, you have your, your gun, and that's your primary thing, but you also have a knife, but that's only if an enemy is right up on you. I see. So you brought up the concept of pacing several times. Can you describe what the pacing for a run-and-gun game feels like? So the pacing for a run-and-gun game, it's very fast, and it's very constant. It's kind of a thing of where you don't really get to rest until you've killed whatever is at the checkpoint of a stage or something like that so i see so it's kind of relentless action then 
Yeah, like, um, I think to the opening stage of Metal Slug 3, you land on the beach and immediately giant lobster monsters are just coming at you. And there's hundreds of them. Well, not hundreds of them. I, of course, exaggerate. But there's a bunch of them coming at you and you just have to shoot at them. But they never stop coming. You just need to move forward and keep going until you get to the midpoint of the stage where then your forward progression is stopped and you just need to kill more stuff to keep going. Okay, so what you've just described also kind of sounds similar to the description of a shmup. How is this different? So the big difference is the integration of the platforming into this genre. So with a shmup, it's generally, and this actually comes a little bit with presentation, but it's specifically the fact that we have gravity. Um, Ah, okay. Yeah. So in a shmup, you don't have gravity, you just kind of move. And that changes some stuff about how you go and, oh, but because I did list Ikari Warriors, I do have to make an additional statement here because Ikari Warriors would be considered a shmup under that definition. Now, one thing about Ikari Warriors that is different from shmups is that you decide when you move. I see. So run and gun games are not auto-scrollers. That is exactly it. Like, Bit Trip Runner, if you added a gun on it, it wouldn't quite be a run and gunner just because you don't have that control. It's, I see. It's really close. Like, I'm kind of, uh, there's a word for the, for the thing where I'm just being a bit too specific. Pedantic? <laughs> uh, Pulling hairs. Pulling hairs, but yes, also being pedantic. Pedantically pulling hairs. But yeah, if someone told me that you put a gun on the Bit Trip Runner character, but the game ran in basically the same manner, where the main thing that you were doing was jumping and ducking as you were moving forward, I wouldn't call it a run and gunner. I see. So here's another question. Is Shadow the Hedgehog a run and gunner? Oh my gosh. Do we have to? I mean... (laughs) <laughs> so, it's a good question, though, because is a running gunner, does it have to be 2D? Ah, well, no. No, it does not. Okay. That is definitively yes, no. It does not have to be that. Okay. So, do I consider Shadow the Hedgehog to be a running gunner? I consider Shadow the Hedgehog to be a travesty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. But, That's but, fair. But, um... In all seriousness, I would consider it to be a 3D platformer with a framing of gunning. Okay, so more of a Mega Man. Yeah, it's closer to a Mega Man. Awkwardly. Yeah, awkwardly. Mega Man does not want to be anywhere near that game. I don't think any game wants to be. Okay, so moving on to uh, another important concept, and part of why we wanted to do these interviews. How has your experiences with the run-and-gun genre influenced you as a game designer? So one of the big things, and this will come up a lot when we're talking about just my personal thing, as a designer, I very much value the flowering of skill and this this concept of making games that allow players to develop their ability to develop their abilities. I know that's weird, but... No, I get what you're saying, though. It's something that, I mean, we go back to Dark Souls a lot, but for good reason. Part of what's fun about that game is the process of learning how to play that game well. Yeah. And and that's something then that you're kind of expressing about this genre? Yeah, run and gunners, one of the big things that run and gunners have always kind of been built around is you die a lot in those games. Like there's there's really no way around it. The first time you play through a run and gunner, you're probably not going to beat the first level. You mm. might not even get past the first section of a level. Now, that isn't necessarily to say that hardness is the most important part of those games. Sure. But the big thing about those games is that every time you play through it, you learn a new thing about how the stage works, and you also learn a new thing about how you can approach the stage. And the games always have a very fundamental thing where you don't have that many new tools to use. 
So any particular situation you run into, solving it isn't so much as, oh, I have that thing, I have the solve, so it, we're all good. You have to develop your reflexes, develop your situational recognition, and develop your understanding of the stage itself. I see. So there's, from what you said, it sounds like there's one part sort of half memorizing the stage so you know what's coming up, so you can kind of be prepared for it. And then another part is being aware of what your tools are and knowing them well enough to understand how to apply them in new situations. Exactly. This is best shown by the speedrunner mentality, mm. I suppose. Granted, when I say all this, I, I do have a particular, I guess the word is, I, I dislike the concept of making something completely rote. Um, where, you know, everything comes in one way. But, I mean, that just comes with the fact that most run-and-gun games are not procedurally generated, and Lord help you as soon as somebody comes up with one that really, really functions well. To uh, to come back to it, with a run-and-gun genre, uh, the, I mean, the things that I really like about it is the fact that um, there is a lot of development of skill throughout it, and there's this idea that when you're pushing through any particular stage of it, you're learning new things about the enemies, you're learning new things about your weapons. There's usually one or two gimmicks in a stage. If you're playing Metal Slug in particular, there's always like one cool little thing that is new to the stage that you're learning about. But at the end of the day, you're using the base skills that you have at the start of the game to get all the way to the end of it. And the only thing that changes is you. Okay, so kind of tying this back into the game designer aspect, these things that these games do with how you have to learn how to use the tools that you have and learn how the enemies behave and to some extent learn how things happen in the stage, potential little gimmicks and stuff, and that whole learning process, how have specifically like the run and gunner way of doing those things influenced your game design philosophy? Okay, so the run-and-gunner way of doing these things is is tough love. It's basically, they just, they throw it at you, and you're like, okay, you have to deal with it. You have the tools. It's influenced me a little bit because, on the one hand, while I appreciate the games for the fact that you do need to learn, that there is this learning process that goes through it, and you feel mm -hmm. really good when you're good at it, there is this highlighted point of, like, when you start these games, you don't know how to what to win, <laughs> um, usually. Like, they'll, you know, Metal Slug, thankfully, at the very start, they'll say, Mash this button to shoot! Like, they have the they have the intro promo, uh, as I remember seeing those games in the arcades, and they have ah, the thing. of course. They'd be like, it's Tarma! Because that's the main character's name. And he's on the screen! And they show the button being mashed, and it's like, do this to shoot! And Tarma's shooting as he's doing it. But, you know, that's only the surface of really getting into playing the games. And when you're unleashed upon the Metal Slug world, it immediately considers you as more of an intermediate player than necessarily a beginner player. Mm. So waves of enemies are just coming at you and you're expected to just do it. I say a little bit in media res in a sort of mechanical way. Yeah, mechanical media res. I like that term. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. So it's influenced me in the fact that I know that not everyone is capable of starting there. I think a lot of players and developers kind of take that for granted. I see. So in some regards, you want to make sure that the learning curve starts in a place where people can actually start on it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Is is there anything else you, you particularly want to add to any of this? Or? Not really. Metal Slug 3 is probably my contender for the best design run-and-gun game ever. Um, or at least it's the best-looking one, to be sure. That's the only other thing I have to say on this. Alrighty. So that sounds like it's, uh, it's a conclusion, then. So thank you for joining me, then, Redcoat. And uh, until next time, this is Cientier, signing off. And this is Redcoat, signing off. Play the games you want to play, boyos.